You are listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. You could turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're in the habit of not putting up the, the scriptures to encourage you to turn to the passage yourself. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to read this section uh, where Paul gives this analogy about the human body and how the different body parts. So turn there. I'll give you another second. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And it says something like this. Uh, It's Paul writing to the church's meeting at Corinth. And he says, just as a body, though one has many parts— And I have a son, he's like a year and a half, he's learning his body parts. He has hair and nose and ear, and then he loves pointing. So if you're ever holding him or around him, he might say, I, and then he'll point to your eye and poke you right in the eye. It's pretty fun. Um, So there's there's parts of the body. So this is going to be an analogy that Paul uses brilliantly to talk about um, how we are individuals and we are all part of the body, like this church body. And so it's something like this, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized into one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15, now if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason uh, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, think about that for just a second. If your whole body was an eye, pretty sweet, um, but not too sweet, because where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be, If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And skipping ahead down to like verse 27, it's this analogy brought forth. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you are parts of it. And then he skips down, uh, if if I was to skip down to verse 34, the last verse, kind of this section is, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And so it's like we all have different giftings, and, and, and yet this is the body of the Mill Sunday School. And if we were all gifted in one particular area, well, then where would the other giftings be? If we were all gifted at making coffee, where would the bagels be? If we were all gifted in, um, I don't know, encouraging, where, where would the, the gift of like service be or teaching be? Things like that. So we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts today. So let's, let's pray. Let's go before the Lord in prayer and welcome him here and just recognize that he is here. So God the Father, Jesus the Son, Holy Spirit, we pray to you right now. We thank you for the gifts you've poured into each and every one of us. God, as we talk about the gifts and and list different gifts, show us, Lord, individually, each and every one of us, maybe how we fit into the body or how you want us to fit into the body, a a, a direction for the future of our own lives and how you've made us and, and given us um, power and wisdom and knowledge to, to be in your spirit and who you are. So we praise your name, Jesus. We love you. And everybody screamed. Amen. Well, uh, I had you pinch each other because I have a, a quick story about uh, St. Patrick's Day. I want to talk about the fake St. Patrick, and then I want to talk about the real 
St. Patrick, and you probably, in your mind, you don't know, if you're like me before kind of researching it, you don't know anything about the real St. Patrick. You just know about the fake St. Patrick. Something like this guy. (laughs) It's the real St. Patrick. He's got mints. Aren't you amused at St. Patrick? <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> okay, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Moving right along. Thank you, Steve, for being the, the fake St. Patrick. And we, I think in our culture, that we've just uh, secularized uh, St. Patrick's Day. And many of you pr- maybe don't even know that it's a Christian, a Catholic saint. That's why we call him St. Patrick, by the way. Uh, but maybe you've never made that connection. You're like, who is this guy? Why is there green stuff on this day? Why do we pinch each other? Why is, I went into Walgreens yesterday and there was like a big table with, with St. Patty's Day little hats and all kinds of little decorations and like a big, like a big like thing behind it. And this lady was there trying to sell stuff. And she's like, sorry, this is all we have. And I was like, like there's a whole display of St. Patrick's Day. And, and we have commercialized it and Americanized it. And um, anyways, would you like to know about the real St. Patrick? All right. And it, it will go into the spiritual Holy Spirit gifts because St. Patrick had many of the gifts. And so that's how I'm, today is St. Patrick's Day. Talk about him, lead us into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the real St. Patrick was born in somewhere around 387 A.D., So um, he wasn't born in Ireland, so he would not have the little Kiss Me, I'm Irish t-shirt on because he wasn't Irish. Does that surprise anybody else? You're like, what? How could that be? Well, it is. He, he was probably born in what is today Scotland. And uh, it's pretty crazy to think he wasn't Irish because I've heard people say things like, oh, of course, like, duh, like, duh, is the Pope Catholic? And of course, the answer is, of course. Does a bear poop in the woods? Of course. And I've heard is, well, of course I'll do that. Is St. Patrick Irish? And I'm like, uh, actually, no, he's not. I'm not sure what you're trying to say. So he's probably born in what is today Scotland. And his story is that Irish raiders in the three, late 300s, early 400s came and got little St. Patrick. Um, his, his real name is Maywin Suckett is his real name. So I could see, I'd see why you'd want to change your name to Patrick. Um, anyways, side joke. Um, so in the days of the Roman Empire, uh, the Roman Empire never went as, up as far north as Ireland. Ireland was never conquered by the Roman Empire. So there left this very pagan, uh, we, we could say very barbarian island of Ireland that, that was never, I guess, colonized by the Roman Empire. And so they raided Scotland and they would go over, cross the boat, uh, cross the, the channel there on boats and get people for slaves. And one of the people they got was Maywin Suckett, who will be known as St. Patrick later. So they get this little boy. Uh, I guess he wasn't little. He was 16 at the time. So uh, high school age. Um, and so they get him they capture him, they bring him back to Ireland, and he's held captive there as a slave in Ireland. And then here's where kind of the cool part kind of begins, because years after being a slave, 
He says that the Lord gave him a vision, a dream, and a calling to escape slavery. And kind of, if you read parts of his story, showed him how to get free and what boat to get on and how to break free out of that slavery in Ireland. So he gets free, goes back home, and it's there that he really develops his Christian life. He uh, becomes ordained as a uh, pastor or as a, as a church leader, as a bishop. He... Um, uh, let's see, just gets trained. He has another vision. So he, another vision, and this vision kind of, I'll, I'll read it later today, um, kind of involves like all of Ireland calling his name. And it's, it's very miraculous, very like vision oriented, at least how St. Patrick describes it. He talks about maybe the gift of tongues. A lot of uh, historians look, reading St. Patrick's confessions would be like, this looks like the gift of tongues. Like people are calling him in an unknown, unknown language. And the Holy Spirit is somehow uh, praying and a part of this calling St. Patrick or Maywin Suckett back to Ireland so that he could preach to them. Which would be pretty crazy. I mean, if you stop and think just for a second, like this island of crazy barbarian people got you as a slave, captured you, you finally get free, you become this very strong Christian leader, and you feel like God is calling you back. How many of you would want to go? A couple hands, very courageous hands that go up. And so that's what happens to St. Patrick. He gets called back, he goes back to Ireland. And, and that's where he becomes this hero of the Christian faith. Because despite being jailed, despite being sought after um, by his previous slave owners, he begins to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to these people. And, and there's some tradition of somehow he used the, the, the shamrock, the three-leaf clover, as the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it was already, I, my understanding is that it was an already a symbol of these Celtic tribes that were in in Ireland. And so he's like using their culture, using who they are to say, Jesus and the God, the Father, God, the Holy Spirit is already a part of that. Worship the one you should be worshiping. Uh, and he's hugely successful. I mean, the reason why we are celebrating his day today, or maybe some of you watched some parades last night or uh, went out celebrating St. Paddy's Day, um, is because he was such a huge influence on Ireland. He planted um, something like 360 churches in Ireland. And Ireland's pretty small. It's, it's roughly, it's a little bigger than uh, about a quarter of the size of the state of Colorado. So can you imagine like 360 new churches in like a, a quarter of the state of Colorado? That would be pretty awesome. Can you imagine um, to St. Patrick himself baptizing 1,200 people, ordaining several hundred bishops who would then baptize other people? I mean, St. Patrick it changed his name to St. Patrick, or someone changed his name. I'm not sure about that story exactly. But his fame and his lasting tradition is this huge influence upon Ireland and 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 as a missionary and, and sharing the faith and converting Ireland. And so by the time when he was born, when St. Patrick was born, uh, Ireland was barbarian and pagan. By the time St. Patrick ends his life, Ireland is overwhelmingly Christian. So how cool is that? So now you know, when you celebrate St. Patty's Day, you're celebrating a Christian hero in the faith. So round of applause to St. Patty's, the real one. There he is. All right, so welcome to the Mill Sunday School. We're glad that you're here. Uh, if you want to fill out a card, if you're new to the Mill Sunday School, we'd love to have you fill out a card. 
give us as much or as little information as you want. If you want me to email you or put you on the email list or even to call you and say, what's up, uh, I will do so. And you take those cards and bring them out uh, as you leave. We'll give them to the nice people behind the welcome booth and we'll give you uh, a little gift bag with a worship CD in it and a welcome CD of a, a message from our uh, Friday night meeting. And we'll also, uh, there in there is Brady Boyd's book, Sons and Daughters. Um, and so it's just a little gift for saying, thanks for checking out the Mill Sunday School today. So anyways, that's that. We are in this epically long series. And if you've been around for a little while, you know this already, that we are talking about systematic theology and have been talking about systematic theology since September, uh, week after week, day after day. We are running along in this huge nine-month series of covering systematic theology. And here we are all the way into March talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And so today we'll talk specifically more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and in the end try to tie it back to who St. Patrick is and some of his gifts. Um, But let's review really quick. Uh, And just really quick, I promise. Um, If you've been here, we've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is. We talked about how the Nicene Creed says, um, we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord. What's the next line? The giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and Son. And with the Father and Son, is worshipped and glorified, and who has spoken through the prophets. That's this little line in this Nicene Creed that's been around since the 300s, um, since right before St. Patrick was around. And it's been something that we as Christians have been confessing since, I guess, the 300s. And so it's kind of stood the test of time. This is what we believe about the Holy Spirit. These things are clearly within the Bible. We believe in the Bible as uh, you know, by Scripture alone, sola scriptura, as the Latin phrase is. And from Scripture, we say, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the Lord, the giver of life. And the, Jesus goes to the Father and says, I'm going to send another counselor. And he comes. And then Paul talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so um, and Paul talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts covers the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you were here last week, how many of you were here last week? Lots of you were. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was just mainly one point that I said over and over again that the Holy Spirit baptism, baptism with the Holy Spirit, does not specifically have to come with an equation. If someone sits down and says, hey, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, then you have to get saved. And then someone has to pray over you and they have to lay their hands on you or else you will not get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some churches might take it even further and say, oh, if you're saved and then someone prays over you, they have to lay their hands on you. And maybe you have to have the gift of tongues. And some churches might say, we believe this so heavily that Um, if you don't have the gift of tongues, well, then maybe you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And maybe if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, maybe you're not even saved. And we at New Life would say, well, that's kind of silly. That's that's too much of an equation. That's that's going too far and saying, that's not how it works. And so if you've been to churches that are like very equation-oriented, they might sit you down and say, okay, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to lay hands on you. Now you're going to speak in tongues. I want you to say this phrase as fast as you can, as many times as you can, and then you'll get the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of tongues. And the, the, the phrase, I heard someone say, the phrase that I, that I went to this church and they were really into this equation, um, and they said, if you say the phrase, I bought a Kia, but I should have bought a Honda, you say that a bunch of times really fast, well then that's, uh, that's how you get your uh, mouth going, and so the Lord will give you the, the gift of tongues. And we're kind of giggling because that's, that's, too, that's too much of an equation. 
It doesn't work like that. Um, it could work like that. And maybe some of you are like, you know, I went to a church like that. And uh, they prayed over me. They laid hands on me. They gave me a phrase to say. And I said it. And, and despite that equation, it worked in my life. And, and despite, you know, this overemphasized equation, the Holy Spirit still worked through that. And so I would make fun of the equation, not making fun of how the Holy Spirit acts and who the Holy Spirit is. Um, because we ended last week's Sunday school with this declaration that, okay, let's not equationize it. Let's not, you know, be silly about an equation for how the baptism of the Holy Spirit has to work. But let's do be open to it. Let's do be open to how the Holy Spirit acts, how he gives gifts, how, he, how we can be entrenched and, and cleansed by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we compared it, uh, if you were here last week, we had, do you remember if you were here, like this big genie lift and Adam Molesky, who's in the back, was up there with a watermelon. Do you remember that? And we said that the, the point of that, I imagine in your mind, you were just like, yeah, I forget what happened last week. All I remember was a watermelon got dropped. Well, that would be a bad memory because the, the whole idea behind that was that we have equations for how the Holy, excuse me, we have equations for things like gravity. We have equations for things like motion, that we could go up to the top of the ceiling, drop a watermelon, time how long the watermelon took to fall, and then calculate the distance in which it fell by timesing up by 9.8 meters per second squared, dividing by a half uh, and, and, and into seconds, and you get the distance in meters of how far it fell. Pretty cool. And so Adam, remember he, Adam had a uh, camera phone, and he was filming it. Here's what you saw last week. Here's the, here's the top angle. Pretty sweet. Watch it. Boom! How cool was that last week? Anyways, so moving right along to today. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, things God blesses us with individually. And there's different gifts. That's why we began the Mill Sunday School talking about that passage that Paul talks about, about the body. You know, if everybody had the same gifting, well then where would the other gifts be? If everyone was figuratively an eye, if that's all we were in our bodies was an eye, then where would the gift of smell be? Um, that's, by the way, why I put, if you were look, got the notes this morning and you looked on there and you see this like grotesque drawing of the human body, which is uh, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, drawings of the human body. You see the kidneys in there. They look too high, right up there by the heart, but he didn't know. Um, There's the heart. There's some lungs. If every part, if the whole body was a heart, well, then where would the seeing be? Where would the mind be? If If the whole body was a hand, where would the foot be? How could you walk? If the whole body was an ear, You'd have the sense of hearing, that's great, but where would the sense of seeing be? Where would the sense of uh, smell be? And so if everyone had the same gift, well, then the church body would all be the same. But it is, Paul says, the body of Christ, that's us, is like the human body. There's different parts of the body, but we're all one. And so there's gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here's a picture of Christmas gifts. Does that make anybody else really happy just looking at gifts? You're like, yes, I love gifts. I love Christmas. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't like gifts. Maybe you had a bad experience with gifts sometime in your life. You need to get some healing over that. But everybody should like gifts. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a very good thing. Um, There's this analogy that I heard. uh, Christopher Morton. Is Christopher in here? I met him this week on Friday, and he's uh, a PhD, a doctorate, and he was just talking about like how uh, sometimes we as preachers talk, and um, the Holy Spirit uses that. And he just had this analogy that he just came up with one time where he said, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit 
gives us a gift and say, this is the gift, a box of tissues. Pretty cool. Um, And so you're like, ooh, it's mine. It's my gift. I'm going to hold it in close and it's mine. How precious it is. But the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for us to just hold and, and keep to ourselves. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us to go out and share and to, and to give them to, to, to people who need, uh, to, to need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You guys want some gifts? Here you go. Here's a gift of the Holy Spirit. So anyways, I thought that analogy was uh, maybe a little silly, but really cool in that the gifts, that just this point that you hear me saying, hopefully, is that the gifts aren't for us. It's not to, hey, look how cool I am. I have the gift of prophecy, or look how cool I am. I, I touched somebody and prayed over them, and then they were healed. How cool am I? High five to me. It's like, no, not so fast. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for you and for you to show off, and uh, not at all. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the church. And Paul talks about how the gifts, you know, serve the body of Christ. And so um, I want us to look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be a couple different places in which Paul uh, lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit for us. And I'm going to give you four places. And so this is going to be an opportunity for you to get into groups, to look at through Scripture, maybe assign someone the role of being the scribe, and list out the gifts in these passages. There's quite a few of them. So list them out. Kind of take your time as you list them. Don't just list them and, then, and, then, and be done. But maybe list them and think about what they are. Maybe, maybe talk about them and say, well, this, my brother has this gift. Or uh, it's cool that you know, I've seen this gift act out in a really cool way. So if you are on the left side of the room, that's you guys. You'll start up at the top of this list. There's four passages I'm about to put up. If you're on the right side of the room, uh, start at the bottom and kind of work your way up so that we make sure we have uh, all the gifts listed. Um, And then we'll talk about them. There's going to be quite a few. So here's the passages. Get into groups of maybe five or so. Uh, If you're at a smaller table, join, join a bigger table and kind of list these gifts that are in these passages. Ready, Kaseko? All right, let's list uh, out these gifts. Maybe you've gotten uh, one or, how many of you got to one passage or more? How many of you got to two, to three? How many of you were able to go through all four and do them? Awesome, really cool. So here's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, at least the ones listed by Paul. I have 28. Did anybody else count 28 but there's going to be some that um, are doubles. There's, there's one that's a, a quad, tri- if there's four of them, is it a quadruple? Quadruple? Sorry, I can't. It's trouble speaking English. Um, quadruple. What did I just say? Quadruple. It's a quad double. Anyways, uh, here's uh, from the first passage, Corinthians 12, verses 8 through 10. It says, to one there's uh, given through the Spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge. And so these are like gifts of, um, I've heard people talk about, oh, the difference between the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge is this. And they'll, they'll go into different explanations about what that could be. And I think that's really cool to talk about how uh, maybe there is a, a big difference between the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge um, and, and what those two things are. I, I see both of them as kind of working together and just being like, oh, someone that has this, just kind of a knowledge of what's going on 
And it, and it may be spiritual, it may be Holy Spirit given, just a knowledge of, of maybe an underlying thing in someone else's life or their own life or maybe what's going on around here. I think of uh, people on the Mill Sunday School leadership team, like maybe Aaron Higgins and Tim Keeney, maybe operate in these gifts, just kind of have this knowledge of um, the underlying thing that's going on. And without, without having someone explain to them, they could just kind of already know What's going on? Um, anyways, that's wisdom and knowledge. The gift of faith. I think that this is interesting that it's a gift. The gift of faith. I think of like Josh Moore maybe has the gift of faith. He's just um, very quick to pray over people and, and maybe see healings. Uh, the gift of miraculous powers. Uh, the gift of prophecy. The gift of distinguishing between spirits is what that's abbreviated there. The gift of tongues and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. And by the way, we'll talk next time. Uh, specifically, we'll dive into the sign gifts. We'll kind of end today talking about cessationism, this idea that oh, maybe the sign gifts, like speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing powers, have, have gone away, that they were around at the time of Jesus and the apostles, but they ceased. And, and I would say, I, I wouldn't agree with that. I think that's working in, somehow into a formula that is uh, not maybe maybe just not what the Bible intended. Um, but anyways, we'll talk, if you're interested in those things, we will specifically talk about them next week. Um, but that's that list in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And then the other list uh, has, uh, what, eight gifts, if you count them up there, 1, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And this one lists apostles. Uh, let's see, first in the church, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, guidance, different kinds of tongues. And so I think of like the gift of teaching. Um, I've taken uh, gift tests before and, and usually high on the list is teaching. Maybe because I do it every week. Maybe because there's something inside of me that just gets excited about teaching. And, and maybe that's a Holy Spirit given thing. I think of like Jordan Lee, who's on Mill Sunday School team. Maybe this gift of teach, just being able to explain something. It just comes naturally to him or like Chris Simmons, maybe just being able to explain, maybe gift of teaching somehow um, or the gift of helping. Some, some versions, I think the NIV just says helps. Um, I think that's a weird way to word it. The gift of helps. I need some helps over here. Um, whatever. Uh, the gift of helping or the gift of helps. You just see things that need, you, you see someone in need and it just comes very naturally to you for you to not make it awkward, but for you to help someone else, which sometimes that comes across as really awkward. Like if you're trying to help someone else and they're like, I don't even want the help. It's weird. And like someone maybe with the gift of helps or a gift of helping makes it very natural and easy. Um, the gift of guidance, giving someone else guidance or counsel. I think of uh, Chris Cordero probably has this gift of, of counseling someone. And he, that's what he's working on for his master's degree of going into counseling and helping other people, giving them guidance. Um, so that's that set of gifts. Um, the next one is uh, Romans 12, uh, 4 through 8. And it says, for just, as one, for just as each of us has one body with many members. And so here's the same analogy, again, that the Roman church maybe needed to hear this as well as the Corinthian church. And all these members do not have the same function. So as Christ Though we are many, form one body, and each member belongs to each other. We all have different gifts. According to the grace given us, uh, if your gift is prophesying, let him prophesy. If your gift is serving, if your gift is teaching, encouraging, the giving, 
uh, leading others, showing mercy. I think about the gifts of serving in our Mill Sunday School leadership team. Um, I think a lot of us have this gift. Kim, uh, Suho, and Matt, they're just like naturally, like I'll serve, of course. Um, that's what I do. I don't just come to church, I, but I want to serve. And maybe it's, maybe not all of us have that gift. Maybe us, some of us have different gifts and you come to church and maybe the first thing you're thinking about is, is encouraging someone. It's like, instead of looking for like, oh, I need to pick up chairs and pick up uh, trash and make this room look neater and, and serve, maybe you're thinking, man, who can I find today to encourage them? And there's different gifts for different people. And I think that's pretty cool. Maybe your gift is encouraging. I think of like Michelle uh, Tebow, her, maybe her, no, no relation to Tim. Um, her gift may be, I just see her encouraging Jacob and encouraging people. It just comes very naturally to them. And so here we have, if we were to add up these gifts, uh, I see nine plus eight plus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven gifts, whatever that is, do the math in your head. And then there's uh, four more gifts, I think. And, and maybe some of you would argue, well, maybe these aren't gifts, but maybe these are more of roles. Some people list them as gifts. So I listed Ephesians 4, uh, 11 through 13 says, Christ gave himself the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, and so here's the list of another four gifts. And you see some overlap, don't you? So there's 28 gifts up here, and there's some overlap. Healing is on there uh, at least twice. Uh, prophecy is on there how many times? Or prophet. It's on there all, every list has it, so it's on there four times. Uh, the gift of tongues is on there twice, maybe three times? No, unless I'm missing one. Twice. There's some overlap. And so each list is a little different, and each list has a little overlap. And I think if every single list in the Bible was exactly the same, like here are the nine gifts, or here are the eight gifts, then it would be like, okay, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, period. But since each um, order is, since each list is a little different, I would say, and I'm sure lots of you would agree, well, maybe if there isn't one list, but there's four lists, well, then maybe there's another list. Maybe there's five lists. Maybe there's some that Paul didn't mention. Maybe there's some that we have in our church in 2013 that maybe the ancient church didn't have. Um, things that have to do with maybe um, technology or something. Could there be a gift of just technology comes easy to you and you use that for the service of the body. I think about the dudes in the tech booth, Gabriel and Josh and wherever Jacob is, he's sometimes back there. Is that a spiritual gift? And you could be really crazy about it and be all like, no, it's not a spiritual gift because here's the spiritual gifts and I don't see technology up there. And so there can't be a spiritual gift. It has to be some other type of gift. And I would say, well, loosen up a little bit. The, the lists are all a little different. And if they're using the gift to um, help the body of Christ, and, and maybe it just comes very naturally to them, maybe it's what they think about, maybe it's what they do for the church, then I have no problem saying, well, maybe the Holy Spirit is in that. I think about a lot of people would look at this list and say, you know, I have the gift of worship, leading others in worship. How many of you would say you might have that gift? I think of like my wife, Erica, or uh, Heath Gordon, who's on Sunday School Leadership Team. Um, people that can sing, people that can play music, and people that use that gift to lead worship for the church body. And so if you were to say, well, worship isn't up here, so it's obviously not a gift. We've got we to cut you off somewhere. 
It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a gift. Maybe um, a gift of just giving joy. I guess maybe it's somewhat part of encouraging, but just like the gift of joy. I think of like Steve, who did, just did the St. Patrick guy. It's like you can't just, you just be around him and you're filled with joy. I think of like Annie Tuttle. She's just always smiling. And you just like people that, that might be a gift that, that they bring to the church and it's for the edification of the church. And so if you're interested in these kinds of things, um, and some of you really are, and some of you are get really into like personality tests. Anybody like personality tests? Anybody hate personality tests? That's about half and half. Um, maybe that says something about you. Maybe it doesn't. Um, ooh. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think spiritual gifts and thinking about them, whether you like personality tests or not, it's interesting to think about. It's interesting to think about what you bring to the body of Christ. And as silly as it might be, or as cool as it might be, some of you might see this as really silly. Some of you might see this as really cool. Uh, there's an, uh, if you go online to newlifechurch.org uh, and you click on the serve button, down at the bottom uh, on this particular page is a test. And it takes about 10 minutes, and it's free. So cool and cool uh, that it doesn't take very long and that it's free. Lots of times people charge you for these things. Um, Sounds like a good way to make money to me. Like, man, that'd be sweet to just make up a test and charge people. Um, But anyways, it's free on the New Life Church website. And basically just answer um, questions that correlate to different gifts. Like, do you find yourself... uh, explaining things. And, and people would say you're, uh, you have the gift of teaching. Often, not often, sometimes, or very often. You say, well, very often. Or never. I'm never ever able to explain things. Well, then you might not have the gift of teaching. Uh, and ask questions in a roundabout kind of way, like, do, do you find yourself encouraging people? Do you enjoy encouraging people? Well, then maybe you, and so you take this test, which takes about 10 minutes, and then it kind of spits out um, giftings that you might bring to the table. And by the table, I mean to this group. This is our church. As the Mill Sunday School, as the Mill, as New Life Church, like different gifts that we are all individually gifted in. So without taking the test, I imagine that going through that list, some of you saw the gifts and there was probably a couple or one or a handful of them that you're like, I think I have that one. I think that my role in the body of Christ is, is this. Like I, the first thing I think about when I get to church is maybe encouraging people. Maybe, the, maybe you get really excited. Maybe you have the gift of giving. And today's the, the move the mountain thing at New Life Church. And uh, we're moving the mountain of debt that, that New Life is in because of the building debt. And we're talking about how that's, it's, it's a large amount of money and how we're trying to uh, move the mountain of that debt. And some of you get excited about those things. And, and you're like, yeah, I want to give something. I don't, maybe I don't have much to give, but I get excited about you know, hearing the, the reports of, of so many people gave this. And say, like, yes, that, that, that's awesome. You're encouraged by the gift of giving. And some of you, it's like, yeah, the, the last thing you think about is, is giving. You're just like, no, I'm going to keep my own money. Or, you know, I have different gifts I want to share. But I think in the same way that the gifts are listed out, I would go back to that original verse I read today that says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, uh, the greater spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire them. Whatever it may be, whether it's giving or encouraging or uh, the gift of apostleship or healings or tongues or prophecy, eagerly desire them from the Holy Spirit. So anyways, I want to give you one more discussion question, which is pretty simply put, 
what gifts do you have? And, and this could take an hour. You could spend an hour talking in your table uh, about this. And so maybe get into groups of three or four. If you're at a bigger table, maybe this time, maybe split up unless you go really fast. But just take about 30 seconds each and say, um, you know, I think I have this gift or that gift. And, and by the way, the, people are going to be a little vulnerable. I mean, this exercise requires you to, be, to say something like, you know, my, I, I think my gift is encouraging. And if someone else, some idiot next to you is like, man, I've never seen you encourage anybody. It's like, <laughs> what? Don't do that. Don't. Like, let's be encouraging and uplifting to each other. And maybe it's a gift that you want. Maybe it's a gift of like, well, I see myself in, in these few little instances in my life exercising, let's just say, the gift of prophecy. Like there's been these two, a couple little times where I've said something to someone and it really encouraged them. And, and maybe it was kind of this uh, future prediction thing where then it happened and like we were so encouraged that, that I had this audacity to, to pray something and to say something over someone. And then I saw it happen. How cool is that? But it's only happened a couple times, but I really want to grow in that gift. Well, then list that as, as, a, as a gift that you want to grow in. So I'll put the list back up. So look over the list and, and talk about maybe a gift that you have. Um, so be very quick about it so others can share as well and, and uh, be encouraging to each other. Whether you have the gift of encouragement or not, be nice. Um, I'm sure you will. I don't know why I'm warning you. Um, so ready, get set, go. All right. Um, sorry to interrupt. Hopefully the majority of you got a chance to, to talk. Um, so I would love just to see some hands. Uh, and this is, by the way, in some ways you kind of have to, uh, you, you may feel like you're, you're bragging. Like if I'm like, who has the gift of this? And you're like, well, I do. Well, <laughs> it's, it's in a way like, but in, going back to the, the analogy that I stole from uh, my PhD friend, Christopher Morton, if, if it's something that like, oh, we have the box, we have the gift, look how cool we are. Well, then, then that's showing off. That's not the right spirit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But it's this idea that I'm here to serve. I'm here to encourage. I'm here to, at times, give prophecy. I'm here, at times, to help or to give guidance. Um, so if you see it like that, then, then maybe it's not um, so, I don't know, just like so self-oriented that you're talking about what gifts you have. But it's like, I'm talking about the gifts I have for the body, for this group, for the Mill Sunday School. I'm here to share these things. And by the way, as one final note before we have, so have you raise your hands for various gifts, um, spiritual gifts are not a sign of maturity. So, I, and I've, you've probably seen people with various spiritual gifts that are not very mature, that maybe operate, maybe a good one would be... Um, I don't know, prophecy. You've probably seen someone very immature, maybe immature in their faith, and maybe just immature in life, give prophetic things, like say something prophetically at the wrong time, at the wrong place. And people are just like, uh, that didn't encourage us. That didn't help us. That was just immaturity. And, and so um, this big idea that in some ways gives me... Um, to not comfort, but just like a bigger idea of, 
Okay, just because someone has a certain gift doesn't mean that they are spiritually mature. Maybe it's a gift that they're going to grow into. Maybe it's a gift that they need to develop in as they mature as a person or as a Christian. So those are just two little notes um, about the gifts. Um, So I'll just pick a few gifts that I'm interested in. How many of you would say wisdom or knowledge? You might have that particular gift. Really cool. Uh, How many of you would say, how many of you have ever had prayed over somebody for a healing, and you've seen that person maybe then and there or later get healed. Anybody? Yes. A couple hands, maybe 10 hands. That's awesome. Um, how many of you have said something over someone? So I'm, I'm looking at prophecy now. How many of you have said something over someone that, that later, but may, maybe in the moment, they just break down and cry, and they're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. I feel like that is, you're saying it to me, but I feel like it's the Lord saying it through you. Or you said something and prayed over someone about something that will come true, and then it did come true. How many of you have experienced something like that? A lot more hands. Awesome. Really cool. How many of you would say you have the gift of tongues, that you have spoken in another language, either a spiritual language or a heavenly language or a real language that somebody else has heard? How many hands? Lots of hands. Cool. Uh, how many of you would say, let's see, I'm just looking at, how many of you said helps or helping? Awesome. Lots of hands. Serving is a very similar gift. Uh, how many of you would say guidance, that somehow you have this gift of guiding people? Um, one of my favorites, who has the gift of encouraging? Lots of hands. How many of you said teaching? Like you just like teaching. You explain things well. Uh, I'm just kind of skipping around. Uh, how many of you say showing mercy is a gift of yours? It, I, when I took the new life, uh, <laughs> the rest of you are like, man, no, nah, I don't show mercy. <laughs> I took the, the new life church gifting test that I already told you about that's on the website. And one of my gifts, I think they, li- I think they give you like a top five and teaching was on there. Um, uh, helping a serving was on there. And then the, 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 in no particular order, one of them was showing mercy. And I was like, man, I don't show mercy. Um, but I guess I do sometimes. So that's a good thing. Anyways, uh, encouraging, giving. How many of you maybe have the gift of giving? Did you share that gift? A few people. Sweet. You just get excited about giving. And, and maybe even if you don't have too much to give, you're just like, oh, I got to give it away. I, I, I get excited about giving. Um, and so here's the list of gifts. Once again, this is by no means a comprehensive list because I think since every list is a little different and there's some overlap, they're not exactly the same lists. We could say, well, maybe there's other gifts, like the gift of leading worship, the gift of giving joy, the gift of, um, I don't know, what do we say? The tech, having a tech mindset and just knowing how things work and maybe using that for the body of Christ. There's lots of gifts that you might say you have that are not on this list. And so we'll conclude and kind of pick up next time with this word, cessationism which is not to be confused with sensationalism. Um, Two different words. I'll joke about that next time. Um, But cessation means to stop, to quit something. And so a cessationist, and maybe if you're in here and you're like, well, I would lean towards cessationalism or cessationist's thought that says, well, in the time of Jesus, the time of the apostles, it seems like there's lots of stories in the Bible of miraculous things happening. And maybe you would argue or, and, and come to a conclusion that I don't see that many miraculous things happening today. So maybe the gifts have ceased. And by no means does anyone who is a cessationist say all the gifts have ceased. 
I think they would just say, uh, and maybe talk about maybe the sign gifts have ceased. That at the time of the apostles, sometime after that, the gifts stopped and God stopped working miraculously. And by the way, I disagree with that. If you want to know my bias right off the bat, uh, I'm going to make an argument that the gifts have not ceased. And I'll kind of go back to the example of St. Paddy. Um, There he is looking over Ireland, at least in this statue picture of him. And going back to the 400s, because that's when St. Patrick lived, um, if you would say, well, if the gifts really did cease around the times of the apostles, then why are there, there these people throughout history, these saints or these, these individuals in church history that talk about miraculous things happening, talk about visions and dreams? And in uh, St. Patrick's The Confessions, he talks about having a dream in which the Holy Spirit shows up and he's speaking this unknown language to St. Patrick. And it's like he's praying to the Godhead. And, and St. Patrick is confused, like I'm sure lots of us would be. But then it says he reads scripture and finds that verse that says the Spirit himself intercedes for, with us uh, through signs, sighs, excuse me, and, and deep utterances. And St. Patrick says something like, that must be this gift. That must be the Holy Spirit praying over me. So the Holy Spirit giving St. Patrick this vision in tongues and St. Patrick operating in prophetic, St. Patrick operating in, in miracles and signs and wonders and, and, and converting um, people of Ireland. So anyways, I say that to encourage us for this talk next week where we talk about the, more of the sign gifts and more of the power gifts that I think are maybe greater gifts than, than the other gifts, gifts in some ways. And that's not my language, but Paul kind of talks about how some gifts are more valuable in the kingdom. Um, and, and, and by the way, he lists the most important gift as love being the most important gift, just to kind of give away where we're going next week. But we'll talk about the sign gifts next time. And so it's with that that we, we, we just, I, I want us to remain open to the Holy Spirit. His work, his leading, his guiding, his uh, gifts inside of us. So as we conclude, let's pray. And let's not just learn about these things with our head, but let's, let's open ourselves up and open our heart up to God and to receiving his gifts and just what he might have for us. And so, Father, through your son Jesus Christ and to the Holy Spirit, we pray to you. We say that we are open to your gifts, your leading, that we want to eagerly desire the gifts. We don't want to eagerly set up walls and and be afraid of gifts, but we eagerly want to know you, your will for us, your will for, for us using the gifts for the body of Christ, for using gifts even in this room, even today. Even as we uh, meet and greet and, and talk to each other and go to church together, God, give us gifts that we might use them. Give us gifts that, that might make us humble. Give us gifts that are for the encouragement and for the betterment of others around us, specifically those that are in need. And so God, use us. We, we pray this in your name, Jesus. We ask you, the Holy Spirit, to, to guide us, to give us those gifts so that we might be a blessing to you, to your holy name. We worship you and we praise you. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Mill Sunday School podcast. You can find more information at www.themillonline.org.